Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Wormburner Podcast, Season 2. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, we're going to be covering the Scottish Premiership for our League Breakdown of the Week, and then talking around the world, or more specifically, Wormburner News, we'll be talking about the English Women's National Team, as well as the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup or the Lamar Hunt Cup, as well as going over to Barcelona and talking about the latest news there. That is going to be our episode this week. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Twitter, which is at WormburnerPDCST. Again, that is WormburnerPDCST is our handle. And if you have not checked us out on Facebook, it is Facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. Again, Facebook.com forward slash the Wormbrenner podcast. Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. When you talk about history, you talk about building something to last, to be built, to stand the test of time. This truly is the explanation that you see when you look at the Scottish Premiership in the world of soccer. It is one of the oldest competitions or leagues in the entire world. And there are only a handful of competitions outside of the league that even go farther back than this competition. The Scottish Premiership was originally founded in 1890, making it one of the oldest leagues in the entire world. And with this league, it actually has two very dominant teams. If you don't know the two teams that I am talking about, we are going to be getting into that. But overall, this is one of the oldest league competitions in the entire world, and their league format is a bit different than the rest of the world. So the number of teams in this league is a grand total of 12 teams in total. It's one of the smallest leagues as well. When you look at the grandeur of England and Germany and Spain and Italy, they normally consist of anywhere between 18 to 24 teams within those leagues, while the Scottish Premiership only has 12 teams in the top flight. And for their season, it is a bit different than the rest of the world. So let me go ahead and explain that here. The way that the Scottish Premiership works is they play each team in the league three times either once home, twice away, or twice at home and once away. Once this format is completed, and this is the end of the first phase, the league splits into two. So the top six teams compete against each other an additional time, and the bottom six teams compete against each other an additional one game as well. The points accumulated in that first stage of the competition will continue on to the second stage without any points deductions, unlike the Belgian League, where I believe the points are halved or at least taken down to two-thirds of the amount of points. It's a bit different when it comes to Belgium, but going back to Scotland, the points are not deducted at all. The points that they get in the first phase of the competition are brought over to the second phase of the competition, and it just continues from there. The 
team with the most points at the end of the season wins the Scottish Premiership title. So again, it is two phases. The first phase, you play each team three times, and then the second phase starts. The top six teams complete against each other an additional one game, and then the bottom six teams compete against each other an additional one game. And that is what leads you to the Premiership League in general, or that is the league competition for an entire season. Now, as we look at the winners of the Scottish League, again set up originally the very first founding year was 1890. You look at the overall total winners, and there are a decent amount of teams that have won this league format or this league in general, but there are two very clear winners when it comes to the dominance in Scottish football. And those two teams are Rangers and Celtic. I know that a lot of people may even argue about the way that I even said that. (laughs) But overall, generally, those are the two teams that are competing for the Scottish Premiership or the Scottish League title in general within Scotland. The number one team with the most championships under their belt is Rangers Football Club with 55 titles. The latest one coming in 2020-2021 season. Now, in second place is their most heated rival, Celtic FC, with 52 titles under their belt. The latest one coming this previous season in 2021-2022. Now, going to the other teams that have won the Scottish Premiership, there is actually a three-way tie for third place. With four titles under their belt, you have Aberdeen with, again, four titles. The last one they had won was in 1984-85 in the fourth position or combined tied position of third is Heart of Midlothian with four titles. Again, their latest one coming in 1959-1960. And in fifth place in that third and final tied position in third is Hibernian with four titles under their belt. The latest one in 1951-1952 was the last Scottish Premiership title they won. Now, going on to the domestic cup competitions, it is actually very similar to England when it comes to their cup competitions within Scotland. There is a League Cup and there is a just general Scottish Cup. And as I had stated before with England and the way that they run it, the League Cup in general is a competition between only professional sides. So when it comes to the amateur sides, they are not a part of this cup competition. It is only the professional sides that are competing in this Scottish League. Now, when it comes to the Scottish League Cup in general, this competition was originally founded in 1946. So it is one of the newer competitions within Scotland, but 
obviously it has the history and the competition to keep up with some of these other leagues and cup competitions that we have been going over. When it comes to the cup winners or the league cup winners, the number one team within this is Rangers FC with 27 titles under their belt. The first one in 1946-47 and the latest one in 2010-2011 was the last time they won the Scottish League Cup. In second place, you have their heated rival Celtic FC with 20 wins under their belt. The first one coming in 1956-57 and the latest one coming in 2021-22 season. So this previous season they won the Scottish League Cup. In third place there is not a three-way tie but in third place we have Aberdeen with six titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1955-56 and the latest one coming in 2013-2014. In fourth place, we have Hearts FC or Hearts of Midlothian with four titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1954-55 and the latest one in 1962-63 was their last Scottish League Cup. And in fifth place, with a two-way tie, we have Hibernian with three titles under their belt. The first one in 1972-73, and the latest one in 2006-7, and then you have Dundee FC in that tied fifth position with three titles under their belt. The first one in 1951-52, and their latest one in 1973-74. That rounds up the Scottish League Cup Summary, now going on to the Scottish Cup, which I had said before is just a general knockout competition between any and all soccer-associated clubs in the country of Scotland. This can be professional, semi-professional, or even amateur. And the history of this cup dates back a very long ways. And coming down to the actual days and years, in fact... I believe the Scottish Cup is the second oldest competition in the world. The only one that is older than the Scottish Cup, at least to the best of my knowledge, is the English FA Cup, which has been competing ever since 1871, which the Scottish Cup was originally founded in 1873, which is two years later after the English FA Cup was created, the Scottish Cup was created. So again, as I stated, the founding year of the Scottish Cup was in 1873, which makes it 150 years old this season, which is crazy. I think that's amazing. And just the overall history of this competition is one that you you have to love and just admire and looking at this competition we have a again two race two horse race when it comes to the Scottish Cup but in first place this time we have Celtic FC with 40 titles 40 Scottish Cup titles under their belt their latest one coming in 2020 the last time they won 
that competition. In second place, we have Rangers FC with 34 titles or 34 Scottish Cups more specifically under their belt. The latest one coming in 2022, which is the latest rendition of the competition. In third place, we have a very, very unlikely team that we have not heard before when we were going over these champions. It is Queen's Park FC in Scotland with 10 titles under their belt. Their last cup or Scottish Cup competition they won was in 1893. They have held this third place position. I think that's just absolutely phenomenal to have a team like that to to stand the test of time to have 10 titles and still not be passed over a hundred years later. I think that's absolutely incredible. In fourth place going on with our champions still, it is Hearts of Midlothian with eight titles under their belt. The latest one coming in 2012. Now in fifth place, we have Aberdeen with seven Scottish Cups under their belt and the latest one coming in 1990. That is going to wrap up the Scottish Cup breakdown when it comes to the domestic cup competitions in Scotland. Now, to go to the topic that everyone, is, including myself, is really looking forward to, it is the rivalry section, which you cannot, you cannot talk about Scottish football without talking about one of the most heated rivalries in the entire world and it is known by almost every soccer entity in the world as the Glasgow Derby or even more famously known as the Old Firm Derby between Celtic FC and Rangers FC. For this derby in general, we actually see something that is unlike a lot of the other derbies that is that we have gone over in the Wormburner podcast. The only one that I can point to specifically where it is similar to it is El Clasico in Spain because of course you have the government versus the rebel slash resistance fighters from the Barcelona area when it came to the Spanish Civil War and that's the only thing I can really liken it to because even with the old firm derby it is not that way because there is actually a religious rivalry as well between these two Glasgow clubs and if you get the wrong affiliation between the two clubs it can mean massive massive repercussions down the line and more specifically Celtic FC were predominantly Northern Irish Catholic which brings in the Christianity side of Scotland uh, to this argument as well as Rangers FC being Protestant following Christians within this realm of soccer and There are so many different testimonies that I've heard and read about that if you are Catholic, you support Celtic. Like, there is no cross 
across the way, if you're Catholic, you support Rangers, like, it never happens. That is how deeply rooted into the Glasgow society this rivalry is. If you are Catholic, you support Celtic, and or if you are Protestant, you support Rangers. It is one or the other, and there is no if, ands, or buts about it. The first game between Celtic and Rangers actually happened on the 28th of May in 1888 in a friendly between, again, Celtic and Rangers, which Celtic handily won 5-2, and the first competition that they ever met in was the Scottish Cup on the 16th of September, 1890, where Celtic barely edged out Rangers 1-0 for that win. And when it comes to the overall rivalry in general, there is just so much to unpack here. I think there's 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 just so much. So competition-wise, you have Rangers beating Celtic on the Scottish League Championships as well as the Scottish League Cup competition as well, but you have Celtic winning the Scottish Cup with 40 titles to Rangers 34, but I think the most telling argument about how intense this rivalry really and truly is, based off the knowledge that I've been able to gather, six players, six, only six players have crossed the professional line of Celtic and Rangers, so they played for both Celtic's professional first team and Rangers' professional first team. Only six players have crossed over this rivalry since 1918. Think about that for a second. 102, actually 104 years 104 years of history, rivalry-wise, between these two clubs, six people, not even a full team, not even a full first team, has crossed between Celtic and Rangers. Those six people are Tully Craig, Alfie Kahn, Mo Johnson, Kenny Miller, Stephen Presley, and Mark Brown. Played for both Celtics first team and Rangers first team at some point in their career. That is just crazy. 104 years of history. Only six people have crossed that line. That is how heated that rivalry is. And there are so many different players that testaments have been made to. They had the opportunity for even playing with the other side. But because of familial ties, because of friends because of just the overall outlook of Scottish soccer in general, they did not join that team because of the rivalry that they had with Celtic and or Rangers. It, that was just a move that they did not want to do, and it is just absolutely insane and crazy. I don't want to say insane, because that kind of has a negative connotation to it, but it is just crazy and it's a game that I believe is within the top five rivalries you have to see in the world of soccer and for right reason it is 
a derby that is hotly contested every single time it happens. And uh, honestly, I really want to go to this one. It it's one that I I may change my mind down the line <laughs> because of something happening, but I think that everyone should at least watch one of these games, one of these old firm derbies at some point in their life. And that is the breakdown of the old firm derby specifically. And let's go ahead and get into Wormburner news for this week. So for this week's Wormburner news sections, we have a hop, skip, and a jump across the Atlantic a couple times, going over to England, as most of you probably already know. The women's English national team has won the Euros for this year, 2022. Just a Huge congratulations for them, and it and it goes back to what I was stating before about the English women's national team. They are very, very, very good, and I think this title really and truly shows how much of a powerhouse they can be within women's soccer, and I genuinely believe they, they were a dark horse in the last Women's World Cup, and They'll probably be one of the favorites going into this one, this new upcoming Women's World Cup. I I just think that overall it it's a great setup. They've got amazing players and just one that it'll really test the women's soccer competition in general uh, against the U.S. women's more specifically. And I heavily look forward to that. I, I really look forward to that. It's going to be an amazing World Cup this, this uh, I believe it's in 2024. And I really look forward to the English women's. They were, like I said, a dark horse in the latest World Cup, Women's World Cup. And I think that they can do absolute bits. This is the first trophy, both men's and women's, for the English national teams in general for 60 years, I I believe was the last time any or one of these sides had won a title. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last title won was the World Cup in the 1950s by the men's national team, which I think... I just think that this is an unbelievable thing. I'm so happy for the English women's national team, even regardless of, of me being an American. I think it's an unbelievable thing, and uh, congratulations to them. I look forward to what they can do in the women's next Women's World Cup. Now, going on to other competitions, more specifically within the U.S. itself, we have the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup semifinals that happened this previous week. We had Orlando City going against the New York Red Bulls. And what a game. What an absolute game. I actually missed the beginning or the first half of the game. And I watched the second half. And oh, oh man. Orlando turned it up. Finished the game 5-1. to one, And I look forward to that final. I'm just so excited for it. I am it's just a, a testament to what Orlando has done and even though yes we haven't been as clinical when it comes to games as we normally should be, I think this is still an improvement for Orlando and one that I think is just going to add to 
the history of Orlando City. Me, myself being an Orlando City fan, I know I support multiple different clubs, but Orlando City being the most close MLS side to me that I support, and I just think it's going to be an amazing final. And to talk about our other team that's going to be in the final, the other game that I did watch in full was the Sacramento Republic versus Sporting KC. And going into that game, I genuinely believed Sporting KC were going to win that game. Like, it was just a foregone conclusion. I was just watching a game to watch a game, didn't really think much of it. And I was so pleasantly surprised that that game turned into a game. And it wasn't just a normal soccer game. I It was just a, a beat. Like, each dog was in this fight till the bitter end. And neither of them were going to back down. It was just an absolute treat to watch. And the later that game went on, I genuinely thought that Sacramento could beat Sporting KC, and they ended up doing it on penalties. And, oh, can we just take a second and appreciate Malik Foster's Penenka? I just wanted to take... I got up, and as I, I had tweeted in a response to another uh, another tweet, I got up out of my chair, and I tried not to scream because I was just amped because of that goal. It was just unbelievable, the the courage that it took to do that. I just absolutely love that. But can, going back to the game, I think that this is a genuine amazing thing that has happened because you see the progression of U.S. soccer and having a non-MLS side in the United States, in the second division more specifically, getting into the U.S. Cup final is just an unbelievable thing in itself. And the way that Sacramento Republic have done it is another feat in itself because they dispatched three MLS sides. One of them includes LA Galaxy that beat the current top West Western Conference leader, LAFC. So they beat them, and then they beat Sporting KC, which is just a, a great, great road, a Cinderella story as you would, or as you will. And... I so look forward to this upcoming final. And for both teams, they'll both be chasing history. This will not only be the first title for both sides, Orlando City or Sacramento Republic. It'll be their very first title or major title in their cups or in their club's history. But it will also be the very first time either of these teams would compete in the CONCACAF Champions League. So Orlando City has never qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League. And more specifically towards the Sacramento Republic, I believe, based off the information I have gathered, the Sacramento Republic would be the very first second division team in soccer in the U.S. to ever qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League which I think in itself would be an amazing feat. And I know that the sports pundits kind of alluded to that when it came to the interviews at the end of the Sacramento Republic game against Sporting KC. They were like, what if you qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League? I think that that should have a little more precedent going into the upcoming game that 
a second division side could actually compete in the CONCACAF Champions League. And some may say that it may push more towards a promotion relegation kind of setup for the MLS, but I'm not here to push that boat. I just wanted to go over this news and what an amazing game I'm looking forward to when it comes to that. Now, hopping back across the pond, across the Atlantic, I want to go to FC Barcelona and what's going on more specifically with Frankie de Jong. I know that a lot of memes and a lot of news has circled around Barcelona following and or just blatantly copying FC uh, Chelsea or Chelsea FC's target book of who they want to pl- who they want to buy. I think that's just absolutely hilarious, but I'm not here to talk about that. I just want to talk about the Frankie de Jong situation and Personally, I think it is very sad what's going on with Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong wants to stay, but the Barcelona board is just like, eh, no, not really. We want to sell you. And I just think that it is a very sad thing to have happen. I think this really reminds me of the Usman Dembele saga that had happened in in years previous he was just getting injured so often and he wanted a renewal on his contract and Barcelona was like <laughs> you thought and just overall i think that it just reminds me of that i don't want Frankie to have a bad reputation or just an overall bad experience with Barcelona Barcelona is an amazing team and I think any and all players would want to play for a team like that. I think what has happened over the previous couple of years is just bad management when it comes to soccer in general. And I think that overall, it's just a, a, a bad situation. And I just don't want what is going on to sour between both parties. And overall, I, I hope that... Frankie can get out of this without having a negative... I mean, the damage could already be done. And and honestly, looking at the way that I am looking at it, I think that genuinely and honestly, Frankie should go elsewhere. And I see greener pastures elsewhere for Frankie outside of Barcelona. I'm just being 100% honest. The way that the board has run the club, a lot of people didn't think would actually happen with Barcelona. I mean, you have the financial situation coming out of the 2021 season. And granted, we were going through a pandemic, so I can't smash Barcelona for for that much. But to have the debts in excess of a billion pounds or a billion euros and try to have to scrape something together and even lose your most prized player in Lionel Messi I just think that that is a level of ineptitude or just a a level of unbelievable mismanagement that I don't want in any club that I support and I think that really showed the Barcelona faithful like what the heck was going on and overall I just think that it's a bad situation for Frankie and, and I wish him the best with all of this and I just think that personally for me, I think that he should find 
a greener pasture elsewhere. But that's just my take on it, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let me know on Twitter and or Facebook, and let me know what you think of my thoughts, or if you want to share your own, I would absolutely enjoy to have that discussion with you on either our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast, or on our Twitter, our handle is WormburnerPDCST. Again, that is at WormburnerPDCST. PDCST. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys have an amazing week this week, especially with the upcoming weekend games. I'm just so excited. And so, yes, uh, thank you so much for making it to the end. Stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.